5-0, the Big Spike Podcast, episode number 50, and unfortunately, we got to talk about a loss. A couple of days have gone by, so you know I, I have gotten over the anger and whatever else to a point. I mean, I don't see anything good come out of the game itself, but the, you know, the, the overall picture is probably a little rosier than I thought it was on Sunday, but this, this was a bad game. Vort. Mr. I am going out on a limb and proclaiming a whim. How are you feeling? Feeling like I just finished wiping that egg off my face uh, <laughs> for that confident, bold prediction of a win. I tell you, man, watching that game um, quickly deflated me for the, all the good vibes and feelings we built last uh, last week. At the same time, it was a reminder to kind of reset my brain, stop talking about two and three, and who knows what can happen from there. And let's remember that this season was supposed to be, if everything turned right and how it was supposed to go, it's supposed to be a season of growing pains, a season of learning and development. So, you know, can't uh, can't complain about where we are currently in the season. It was nice to get that first W out of the way. Gave me a little bit of false confidence. But there were some dark dark things that i saw in this game that really upset me and uh, we'll dive into those but overall that game that kind of slapped me back to reality and said my man this is a season that's going to be about growing pains so remember what it's about stop counting w so much i you know i have to figure out how to do funny cute little things here because i wanted to play like because i listen i went back and listened to our podcast and i wanted to play your you were so confident and i just wanted to play that to, to goof off and have fun which would be fun to break balls like that but i just don't know how to do it i'm gonna have to figure that out but i i i knew this was coming i even said it that anytime you get excited about the jets it, it this happens i was hoping for the best but i just knew that they were gonna shit the bed it, you, you just you follow this team long enough you just know and it's not necessarily fair to lump these guys in with the Jets of the last 40 years, but I mean, reality is reality. This is what the Jets always do. They give you a little bit of excitement. They never build on it. They actually don't even stay the same. They just go backwards, and it has happened so many times that I can't even count, and I expected it. I, I, I figured it was coming. I was hoping it wasn't, but it did. It came, and uh, like you, there, there were a lot of times in this game where I, you know, I remember at one point in the game, I had that sick freaking feeling of like stress and anxiety in my chest that I haven't felt in a long time because most of the time over the past few years I haven't been upset with losses I've just been expecting it I've been laughing I've been hoping in a way that they lose uh you know this week I wasn't hoping they lose and it just it just hit me like it's this fucking feeling I haven't felt in all this time it's so annoying to be sitting there in the second quarter already out of a game and counting the clock and saying hey if they do this they'll come back and and I will tell you I know we'll skip ahead to this part later but in the fourth quarter I actually said it to people I knew that the Jets all they had to do is get the ball back and they would have a chance to tie or win the game and I knew the defense would shit the bet I knew it it's like the Jets follow the same script no matter who is out there it is ridiculous how you can predict what this team is going to do every time it was frustrating um I hope you're ready because there's a couple of notes yeah yeah I'm here Okay. Are you are you on your hotspot again, or are you still yep. trying your house yep. with Wi-Fi? Again? No, no, using hotspot so we can uh, get this done nice okay. and smooth. I heard you loud and clear, so I don't even know <laughs> okay, when so I cut out. Ahead. Three, two, one. Yeah. So um, 
right now i hope you're ready for me because this game actually made me jot down a couple of negative points i have three four in total i don't want to spend half an hour on each but i definitely wanted to get your thoughts on it and really kind of get it off my chest let you know what bothered me in this game because like i said this game this week was mostly about the negatives the first thing is yeah, and correct me if i'm oh this, go ahead go yeah, ahead this, the, the one the one negative i know we both have and i'll see if if yours is there you you go ahead i want to see if it's the same one i have because there was one thing that i took away from this that i hadn't taken away before but go ahead so the first of the three big ones is i'm astounded by the defense's inability to give up the third and a fucking mile and give up first down plays. We're not talking about Every third and five, time. third and yeah. six. We're talking about third and 11, third and 15, third and 10. It, and the defense has been, actually to me, in my opinion, the defense has been the positive light so far. They've kept us in games. They've made plays. They've been kind of bent but don't break. I don't have a lot of negative to say about this young, inexperienced defense. I think they've been solid. But the, the way they give up first downs that are back-breaking first downs. That's supposed to be you trotting off the field. So that was my first one. Did, do you notice that? Am I overreacting? No, no. I, I, the, the thing I mentioned a couple of minutes ago about, about late in the game knowing that they were going to do it was they, they actually had third and eight and, and got a, a false start penalty to make them third and 13 and then gave up the first down. And that, that was inexcusable completely inexcusable but it's been like with that way with the jets for years and i think this this example i'm about to give was the first time i realized really truly realized that stats can lie because the jets and rex ryan would brag about the jets third down defense the jets were like top five in third down defense but i was at these games i would see that every third and long the jets would give up the play everything it didn't matter if it was third and 10 third and 12 third and 13 jets would give up the first down and that has continued for years and years so yeah you might be good on third down and four in the second quarter when it doesn't matter but on third and 13 and a third quarter or fourth quarter when you have to make a stop you're not making the stop i don't give a shit what your third down percentage is so yes i agree completely i am sick of knowing on third and 13 whereas every other team in the league knows they're about to get the ball back we know that the drive is going to be extended with you 100 yep it takes the air right out of the balloon i will say for the for our few if any listeners long before we started this podcast when i would occasionally used to talk the jets with you one of the things and you've you were admittedly not a Rex Ryan fan, one of the biggest things you would throw back at people's faces when everybody was telling you how amazing he was, me being one of them, I didn't you, I didn't go by stats. I just thought that the guy got some wins for us, got us to the brink of the Super Bowl. When people spoke stats and his defensive greatness, your argument was always, I don't give a shit about the numbers. All I know is in the fourth quarter when they have to make a stop, they never make a fucking stop. Never. So I, so I remember that never, was your beef, and the, you're like, you can shove those stats up your ass. I care about them making that one when it counts, and they couldn't. It's true, um, man. It's like baseball. A Rod, A Rod would hit 45 home runs, drive in 160, but he would strike out when there were runners in scoring position and in a close game. Then he'd get up, and when they were winning 10 1, and he'd hit a freaking solo home yep. run. You know, pad the stats, but when would you ever come up big? That's the Jets' third down defense. Agreed. Uh, the next thing, and this is a tougher right, for point me. Point number to, two. Yeah. Point number two is really tough for me to admit because when we signed that guy, I was doing a happy dance. Everything about me fit the criteria of the player that I wanted on the Jets. Of course, I'm talking about our offensive weapon, Corey Davis. Um, and then now, 
all I had to sit back and tell myself, wow, I guess if a franchise like Tennessee that's actually seems to be built in the right way from the coach, uh, from the top down, uh, and basically in the last three years became contenders, became legit contenders, if they let go of a guy they drafted number five without much of a fuss, uh, well, maybe they saw something in him that uh, I'm overlooking in the eagerness to get us a playmaker. The guy is showing to me that he is an NFL quality receiver. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about that. He's also showing me very obviously he is not a number one wide receiver. He does not get separation. For a guy who is supposed to make contested catches, he sure as shit does not make enough of them. And God Christ almighty, how many fucking balls has he dropped that bounced off his hands? Not a perfect delivery, not in stride, but hits his hands and he cannot bring it in. So he is less than 50-50 in contested balls. He's not a speed guy to burn you. And he seems to be having the dropsies. Yeah, doesn't really fit in as a number one he's receiver that I thought receiver. we got. So that yeah, uh, that took receiver. me. He's going to move the chain sometimes, and that's yeah. Yep, and that and his signing had me so excited. I was like him and Crowder and Mims. Uh, then we had that rookie kid Moore. All of the receivers for now, outside of Crowder coming back looking healthy, have shit the bed. But obviously, he takes the brunt of it. He was supposed to be the big signing. He was the early draft pick, first round pick not meeting the grade, not fulfilling expectations, not even close. And this is coming from a guy who was his one of his biggest supporters when the signing was announced. Jump in, let me know your thoughts on Corey Davis as we stand right now. The the funny thing is, is I did not have a problem with him this week. I got annoyed with him early in the game when he dropped one that was behind him. But then when they showed the replay, it was really behind him. And I want to see what your point number three is before I expand on that one. Um, so I was not as annoyed with Corey Davis in this game as I have been previously. I had plenty of other annoyances. The defense pissed me off. And Zach Wilson, which I will get to, Zach Wilson was just terrible. But uh, what I, I, I don't think Davis is a number one receiver either. I think Davis is a good possession receiver. He's going to move the chains. I think if the Jets get a burner as a number one, Davis is a great guy to look for to get a first down. He's not going to, it doesn't seem to me he's going to get a lot of separation. And if he could ever freaking learn to catch a contested ball, he might be that guy. But I don't see him as the guy that's going to, that's going to really make the defense game plan and, and take away, you know, any kind of, any kind of pressure off the other guys. I just don't see it. I just, and you're absolutely correct. It wasn't that much that this game was a negative reflection of him. It's just that he's not stepping up and making plays that are basically yelling, look at me, I'm the playmaker, that, that, that are forcing us to notice him, to stand out, especially on a bad team. So uh, on a day when everybody shit the bed again and there was that opportunity to at least individually stand out and say, listen, I'm pulling my weight and then some, he certainly didn't do that. That frustrated me. Uh, which brings me to my last big point i do have a minor one after that but the big one and this is the one that i hope we're on the same page on the offensive coordinator is pure and simple starting to scare the shit out of me there is no identity for the team there is no running game identity there is no offensive flow there is no predictability as far as i'm not talking about the good predictability when the defense is lost i'm talking about as a fan you're like I don't know if this is the drive he's going to come out and run it three times and punt. I don't know if he's going to come out, try try to heave a 50-yard bomb and triple coverage on the first down. It is the same BS that has been an issue with the Jets for years. They're, right now, I have to say that our young offensive coordinator is in way over his head. 
he is not really impressing me with his ability to call the game, to put guys in a position to shine and to succeed. That was my biggest point right now. Early in the season, trying not to panic, but we're kind of getting to that point where I'm like, I am not getting this play call selection. I'm not understanding why our leading rusher has eight carries in the game. Even if he can't get the run going, we have a rookie quarterback. Let's let's just stay with the run. Let's make it. Let's make it a threat. The offensive coordinator has been a big, big flop and fail in my eyes so far early going. Yep, I am uh, fully on board with that. I think the guy sucks so far. I am not ready to write him off completely. You got, he's a rookie. The quarterback's a rookie. The coach is a rookie. He's got a lot of rookies on the offense. I, I'm not ready to write him off completely. I'm hoping he can learn, but you're absolutely right, man. That At one point, I actually made a note about it, is that you know the offense looked pretty good for a little while there. You know, they, they ran some misdirection before the snap and guys running off, and I was like, this is great. But then out of nowhere... I wrote, I don't understand that drive. They got off to a nice little start. Wilson checked down. Then they get stopped running the ball. Then they just stopped running the ball. It looks like he, he, um, looks like he gets stopped for a one-yard gain and abandons it. Yeah, instead of trying to pick up a few yards and keep the drive going, they go for a bomb on second and nine and put themselves in a third and nine. Makes no sense to me. It seems like the running game is working well. You have to keep sh- shoving it down their throats until they stop you or you get a second and short, and then you try your bomb. So... I, yeah, I, you know, I don't want them to be predictable. So I, I don't necessarily agree that if we can't figure it out, the other team may not be able to figure it out. But it seems like he just gives up on things too quick and switches to something else and goes away from things that are working. The, the Jets got off to a terrible start offensively, and they were terrible late in the game offensively. In the middle, they were actually pretty good. They put up 20 points, and they were solid points. There are a couple of really solid drives the Jets had there that – actually had me like, all right, this team's looking pretty decent. You know, like Wilson looked halfway halfway decent. The running game was going well. And then he just gave up on it. It's almost, you know, as I said in that note, it's almost like when the the first down play, they have this play scripted. The first down play gets one yard. He, he panics and abandons it completely. Or maybe it's the other way, and he's just following the script no matter what. It's kind of like what we complained about with Adam Gase last year is, is he didn't have yep. any feel for the situation. He just went with whatever play was being called and I don't know which one it is but I get that feeling because there is no reason to throw a bomb on second and nine that's a stupid time to throw a bomb you want to get close to a first down and not leave yourself in in a position where the defense is going to know you're passing and then they can just prepare for it so I I am with you I don't understand this guy's play calling at all and I don't understand why he why he gets away from the run he's and and, you know the, the run game has been terrible because it's not used but it hasn't been absolutely awful when they have tried to run the ball you know they don't rip off huge runs but they get four yards or three yards or five yards and that's enough to if you do that twice you're in a third and short and the jets don't seem to you know the other thing i've joked about is the jets don't ever seem to realize the importance of a first down and i'm starting to get that feeling again it's it's, first downs are the bread and butter the the basis the foundation of every football offense you have to get a first down touchdowns are a nice nice end result if you're smart enough to play for the first down but ignoring the fact that a first down is important is never going to get you anywhere and the jets are starting to do that again a little bit it's not looking pretty it's certainly like i said this game I could have lived with the loss. I, I, I will live with the loss. I'll continue to be fine. I, it grounded me. It gave me a much needed uh, slap in the face. and like, calm down. Stop uh, doing calculations in your head about sneaking into the playoffs and uh, remember what this year is about. But 
definitely took a lot of air from the balloon. And the the other thing that I came away asking when this game was over was, who's going to step up for the Jets? Who's going to... There's an opportunity. There's an opening for a playmaker, whether it's a running back, whether it's a receiver, whether it's a tight end. There's got to be somebody who, who seizes the moment. And uh, right now, it's been the guy who I thought was going to be squeezed out in favor of Mims. It's uh, been Braxton Berrios. He's making the most of his opportunity. He's returning. He's been part of the offense. He's getting misdirection carries. He's getting a few throws his way, making the most of it. So I was like, who's going to step up and just uh, say, listen, if there's a void, if there's an opening for a playmaker, fuck it, I'm in. I'll do it. And right now, nobody's uh, nobody's grabbing the opportunity. Well, here is where you, you provide an absolutely perfect segue for my one of my big points, which I thought would be one of your big points. Maybe it's your minor point. I don't know. But my big takeaway from this game is that Zach Wilson is horribly inaccurate. So... The segue you've provided me is that there, there may not be an opportunity for a playmaker because he doesn't get them the ball. You know, he's good on these long passes, but anything short, he's three yards short. You know, he's three yards off. Like he'll throw it at their feet. He throws it where they can't catch it or he, he throws it right at them. But it's 200 miles an hour when they're 10 feet away. And they, how do you catch that ball? You know, so it, he's really starting to I wouldn't say scare me. It's starting to worry me a little bit. Scare me would mean that, like it's not fixable. I think he's got a lot of work to do and hopefully they can get him to relax a little bit and calm down. And so over the bye so that he can be prepared for you know week seven against New England. But Zach Wilson has n- really, for the most part, has not given anybody the opportunity to step up. And then they don't run enough to have a running back be the guy. So if you're looking for receivers, it's pretty hard to step up when every throw is added away. Now, this is a little bit of a flip-flop because originally I said you got to make some plays to help your receiver, to help your quarterback out. And that is still true. But you know, every pass can't be a situation where you blame the receiver for not helping him out. And he has been terrible. And it was much more evident in this game, I thought, than than some of the other games because some of these balls he, he had he had guys he checked down on and, and they were it was not even close. And so I don't know if it's inaccurate or he's just over overcompensating or trying too hard or thinking too much. I don't know what it is, but he has not given any of his receivers a chance to step up and, and be that playmaker for him. I promise you that if I doubted your football know-how and football IQ before, I will never do it again. So the funny thing is, as soon as you started talking about his accuracy, the grin on my face was, uh, it, the, the smile said, thank God that I'm not doing this podcast alone because this would have been a huge point to miss. The thing is, because Zach Wilson is a rookie quarterback, I don't really, I don't take too much negative notes about Zach Wilson during the game because uh, we cut him some slack. He's a rookie. We know the learning curve is going to be rather steep, especially from what we've seen so far. So, you know, when he makes, when he throws interceptions, we'll discuss those plays. But then I realized I kind of uh, chalked it up to really not criticizing him at all. And what really stood out and really jumped out uh, with the Corey Davis throw that, that was so badly behind, as I'm watching the game, I'm thinking, wow, I can live with the fact that it takes time to adjust to the speed of the game. It takes time to learn to read the NFL defenses, all the good stuff. And right now, the thing that really stands out is he's missing his throws, and he's missing the throws that are 10 yards and under, 15 yards and under, the, the short throws where you can either have some finesse, have some touch, but you got to be spot-on accurate. you got to be a sniper. And he's missing those throws. He's bouncing them. He's overthrowing them. And that was the first time that I kind of, during the game, said to myself, whoa, 
this this is making me a little nervous not scared like oh my god this kid is a bust let's chill on that but certainly gave me pause in the course for concern because i rather i much rather be concerned about him still getting used to the speed of the game still learning to decipher all the tricks of a nfl defense that are schematic that are schemed to, to stop the hotshot rookie quarterback but the fact that he's struggling with accuracy that's a really real valid point for concern it was something that was noticed and i can't believe that i forgot to bring it up glad that you were here to pick me up on that one. <laughs> i honestly thought that was one of your three points because I, I feel like that was for me that was the biggest takeaway of the game other than the defense but that's going to happen we didn't expect the defense to be good and they've been really good so i, I guess at some point this was going to happen and you know, let's get away from our quarterback for a second and talk about the other quarterback. Maybe we underestimated the fact that, you know, Matt Ryan is a is is not he's I don't he's not a top guy. He's not like the guy you would want to lead your team forever and be an all-time great quarterback, but he's a super solid veteran that is in the top 5 in a lot of statistical categories. He'll probably end up in the Hall of Fame just because he he was around long, a long time and did well. So even though I would never put him in the conversation for top guys, it's not like he's some chump that can't get the job done. So maybe we should give a little credit to, you know, like not so much take away from the defense and give some credit to the guy on the other side who who has seen everything over over 14 or 15 years, whatever he's been in the league. So anyway, that's a complete aside. That's a great point. That's a great point. Instead of shitting on the defense, recognize that this guy has seen it all and he he sees the gaps and he sees the openings in the young defense and he exploited them beautifully. And uh, also Cordell Patterson, the guy was drafted by Minnesota Vikings and was a bust. And all of a sudden, Atlanta just kind of... uh, Okay, you don't want to be a receiver. You're not a full-time receiver, but you're going to use you as a Swiss Army knife. And uh, the guy's been unstoppable. He's carrying the ball. He's making plays, catching the ball. Incredible. Yeah, he's been doing that for a few years, though. He, but, but the thing with Cordero Paris, Patterson is it's always kickoff returns with him. This is one of the few times that he's actually been part of an offense and doing well. But I mean, I, He has done a little bit of this. I forgot where his stop was between Minnesota and, and here. He was somewhere else. And... They did the same thing. You know, he would, he would run a kickback, and you'd be like, oh, he's still in the league. And then someone used him as a running back a couple of years ago. So this is not completely new, but the consistency over a series of games is because he would always be a flash in the pan. You'd expect him to go somewhere, and he never did. But, you know, they, they take out their two big weapons or one big weapon in Russell Gage. I don't consider Gage a big weapon yet. But, um, you know, and, and, you, and you finally get Pitts involved, and you have this kid, Patterson, who's who's basically, as you said, a Swiss Army knife and is, is doing everything. And, and, you know, um, he didn't he didn't really lose a beat. I would like to have seen him at some point put a couple of guys, you know, put a couple of guys on pit so he didn't shred them. And then it, for me, it's inexcusable when it's third and 93 and he's standing all by himself down the field on that freaking play. You know, I understand it's third and long, but why are your safeties playing so far up that this guy is standing by himself behind the freaking entire backfield? They just don't, you know, this, this, that's what, that's what was, is super frustrating about the Jets is they just do these stupid things continuously all the time. So as usual the brunt of the when you lose games a lot of it falls on the defense for giving up points. I find it hard to blame them because unlike the offense at least they've had more plays that we can see positivity and growth in. Uh, like you I would have liked to see an adjustment uh, that made Pitts look like a rookie that's building his name and can make a few plays not like a seasoned veteran who shreds every team that steps on the field against him Uh, so just uh, 
definitely leaves a lot to be desired definitely a good time for a buy because that game i feel left some people reeling especially after winning uh, against tennessee so let's see what happens because uh, our golden boy head coach certainly has a little bit of a if not a california wildfire he certainly has a little bit of a a little bit of a campfire on his hands that he has to put out he has to reset everybody remind everybody the goal that we are about winning but it's about growth and learning and kind of stabilize the ship i think the, the buy is coming at a perfect time for a young team that i think is reeling a little bit all the way around from everything that's going on let's talk a little bit about the defense seemingly getting off to a decent start and then that ridiculous roughing the passer penalty i thought that was that was ticky tacky and then they got another roughing the, penalty, the roughing the passer penalty later in the quarter. And yes, the first one was absolutely terrible. It's a stupid call. It, it's ridiculous that you'd even call something like that, especially on a third down. I get it. But the Jets are still committing these penalties. So if, even if you're putting yourself in a position to, to get these penalties called, you have to be better than that. So I don't know whether to blame the refs. Like so many people are saying the refs set the tone and they cost the Jets the game. It's like, come on, stop your shit. I, 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 you know, that's like, like, like a year or two ago when, when Nick Folk mixed an extra point in the first quarter and the Jets ended up losing by one. They're blaming the kicker. I'm like, really? So everything that happened in between, you know, you're still blaming the extra point. You cannot blame a, a bad penalty call in the first quarter on your loss when you had a chance to make a stop get the ball back and possibly win the game you can no longer blame that penalty it resets once you get to a point where you've gotten yourself into a position to do something as if the penalty didn't matter so um i don't agree that the ref set the tone but i i do think that that first drive could have been a hell of a lot different if the jets had stopped them on a punt and maybe things go a different way i i, I won't go as far as the blaming blaming the refs for it but you know that that it would have been nice to have seen what the jets could have done if they if they got the falcons out fairly quickly like that it would have been nice to see i learned as i got a little bit older that obviously being the fans of the jets there's always going to be bias when you're looking at the refs so like you I don't put too much I don't put too much stock into it. It's a quarterback league. These penalties are not only being called on the Jets. If you look all around and actually focus, that's just the way the league is being called. We are protecting the quarterback. I think a bunch of those calls are ludicrous. It's just it's it's not it's not a penalty. It's not roughing the passer. It's not roughing the passer if it was my three-year-old son in there. But that's the rule. So it's frustrating watching it. It certainly angers me in the moment that it happens, but at the end of the game, I'm not going to say that that's what caused us the game and that the ref set the tone for it. That's just a bunch of BS by sore losers. Yep. So one of the other points I made um, early in the game, Zach Wilson seemed to think he was playing in the Pop Warner League and tried to run over the defensive back, and basically it was like he ran into a wall. And, def you know, a defensive back's not a big player, but this is the NFL kid. If you don't learn to slide, it's going to be a very short and painful career. And I, I did not like to see him try and do that. I mean, he was a couple of yards short of the first down. It looked like he, the one time he ran, and, and here he is trying to knock a guy over. And he, it was like it was like one of your kids running up to you and trying to knock you down. That's what it looked like. He just got – it was like he stopped cold and fell back. It was – it's like, dude, you got to learn to slide, man. You are not going to run over defensive backs in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. And it's stupid bravado. You're not really proving anything. If there's a time and a place for it, there's a fourth quarter, there's a fourth down – there is a time, maybe it's the first quarter of a game where you're fighting for the playoff spot, so you set the tone, you go head first. 
but here protect yourself and live to fight another day absolutely no doubt um so they got a couple of turnovers that were big and and they you know the the jets now now here is where i will swing the other way and give the jets some credit okay and and i this goes back to the coach because if the lack of preparation and believe me there is a lack of preparation this team hasn't been ready to play in any first quarter this season but if I'm going to blame the coach for the lack of preparedness, I need to also give the coach credit for the team not folding its tent and going home. The Jets were down 20-3 to at the half and actually made a game of it. In the fourth quarter, the Jets were down one score and had a chance to stop the other team. I think had you told me that the Jets would be in that position, I would have taken it. Now, of course, they didn't get the job done. They never saw the ball again when it mattered. But I have to give credit where it's due. And whether, whether it's the coordinators or the head coach, the Jets did not give up. They fought back. They hung in there. Uh, they got a couple of turnovers when they needed them. And they're just not a good enough team to overcome such a deficit or just make, make the most out of every opportunity. But I thought, it, I thought it was a really good sign that they hung in there and didn't just quit. Because, you know, down, down that quick when you're down, what, what were they down? You know, 17 nothing early and then 20 to 3 at the half they could have they could have lost that game 37 to 3 but they didn't so i did want to give a little bit of credit there i'm not <laughs> i'm not giving a lot of credit i mean it's and it's also based on jets new york jets standards but i they did not quit they they fought back and, and gave themselves a chance to be in the game and i thought that spoke a little bit no look that's that's a huge point that's actually been one of the things that's um that's a positive in my eyes. It's been a complete reversal of what I've come to expect from the Jets. The Jets, to me, are a team that can uh, come out looking like world beaters in the first or second quarter, go into a halftime with a 7, 10, 13-point lead, and easily lose the game by two scores. So the fact that right now we're seeing the complete reversal of that, they are struggling to find their footing at the start, can't get any momentum, fall behind early. That's, uh, that's literally the playbook of a young team that, to steal your phrase, folds and goes home that is literally the playbook fall behind early don't generate any momentum don't make any big plays pack it in by halftime play out the string go home they've been the complete opposite and that's where i give our head coach a ton of credit if you're gonna build on something this is it he's been the complete opposite of adam gase and my complaints last year that we've been out coached and outplayed after halftime in every game this year has been the opposite for the most part and after halftime, the Jets have looked like a different team. Whether he lights a fire under them and it's just a rah-rah speech, whether he makes X's and O adjustments, I think it's a combination of both. But the team comes out ready to compete, ready to play. And as a fan, what more can you ask for? Fourth quarter, they have a chance to tie or win the game. You got the, uh, the coach did the right things at halftime. So that's another valid point. It's starting to annoy me to give you all this credit where you've been a <laughs> f- football fan for what, a few years now? Yeah, at, um, least, at least a couple. But that's that's actually one of my brightest points on the on the season to date period. Now, Coleman comes out second half kickoff and almost runs it back. I mean, he, he gets it past midfield. Jets, great field position. They go down to they score. Hey, like, hey, all right, they got some momentum. And, of course, they miss the extra point. It's, it's, it's like the Becton injury where, you know, the Jets, you know, it's 
Wilson's first touchdown, but we can't enjoy it for long. Same thing here. I had that same feeling like, all right, good. Big kickoff return. Let's get the ball in the end zone. Hey, they got it in the end zone. And then they missed the extra point, which it didn't come back to haunt them. But you knew, you know, it just wasn't. It just was. It's it's annoying. Let's just leave it at that. It's annoying to not be able to. And it's, it's just an extra point. You make it up with a two-point conversion. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't be something that deflates you. But it deflated me. That It pissed me off when it's the Jets missed that extra point. It's just so Jets. If there is a way to take a neg- to turn a positive into a negative, the Jets will find a way to do it. And that's exactly what it was. They found a way to just sprinkle a little piece of dog shit on the ice cream sundae that you just brought home. And that's, uh, and that's typical. I haven't had ice cream in months. I bring it home and they fucking piss on it for me. <laughs> All right, let me see if there's any other important notes I wanted to make. There is there is one point completely off subject I wanted to make, which I'll get to in a second, and I think it'll it'll make you laugh and also surprise you because it's completely out of left field. But uh, I want to see if there's anything else. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, the offensive coordinator I mentioned. You you mentioned that. I I agreed. Big turnover. They just abandoned the run game again. Oh, Elijah Moore garbage okay put a trash can around this guy paint the smile on the trash can and just freaking take his picture for next year's football card because he has been garbage he has showed me absolutely nothing and he looks confused it's like there was a um i forget what the penalty was it was a penalty on him maybe offensive pass interference i don't remember exactly what it was but but oh illegal hands to the face something like that where there was there was some kind of movement and he didn't get the ball and then he just kind of looked around like he was completely confused i don't know if the kid smoked weed before the game and it just doesn't know you know just has that dopey stoned look on his face or if he's just completely overwhelmed with the pro game but elijah moore has shown me absolutely nothing he makes Corey davis look like calvin johnson at this point he has stood out or faded into the background if i should say for the exact same reasons nothing about him screams that we got a steal in the draft like we were dancing high-fiving and celebrating he if he's going to be anything at, at this point my god just show me that you're an nfl quality player because forget all the talk of we got a steal we got a first round talent we got a burner just please be an NFL caliber player so that we're going to just completely whip on you. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, 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 it's terrible how bad he is or how bad he's been. And this is not a quarterback that has to learn an entire playbook and learn how to lead men and figure out when to throw it hard, when to throw it soft and, and put, put touch on it and, and c- calculate distance. This is nothing. This is just a guy who has to run out there and catch a ball. And he looks so confused. He's, he's shown absolutely nothing in any of these games. And the one decent catch he made, he freaking ran out of bounds when he could have scored a touchdown. It's just yep. whatever. Um, what else did I have on here? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of different points I made about his accuracy, which I'd forgotten I did. I, I, one, one thing I said was that it doesn't look like he has any touch on his passes. He, he doesn't have a floater pass, you know, like like a nice little let me get it over the line into the guy's hands when he's standing by himself. No, he fires the ball like a freaking rocket. Um, I, I said it doesn't seem to have a float type pass that isn't a bullet. Oh, oh, here's one that, that, that killed me. Now, of course, the Jets were down 10 points. It doesn't matter, but there's, you know, 50 seconds left in the game. They have, they have a, I forget if it was one or two timeouts, and two straight plays. He, he, one, he takes a sack on the fourth down play, and on the third down play, he takes 10 seconds off the clock just looking for a receiver. It's like, no, kid, throw the fucking ball away. And then on yeah. the fourth down play, he's running around like a lunatic. There is, that was the, I'm sorry, that was the second down play and the third down because they kicked the field goal. 
whatever it was. I forget. No, no. Third down, they kicked the field goal. So it was first and second. First down play, kid fades back, runs around, can't find anybody, takes 10 seconds off the clock in a game where you're down 10 points. That To me, that's ridiculous. And the very next play, he spins out, runs around, tries to do it. And, and at this point now, you have a half second, throw the fucking ball out of bounds. Throw it sideways, whatever you got to yep. do, throw it. Instead, he spins around and takes a sack, which that's the only thing you can't do there. <laughs> you cannot take a sack because now you have to take the timeout and you needed that timeout if you got the onside kick, you know, it just that 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 was absolutely terrible. And it just goes all back to all those years of me saying the Jets don't play smart football and they have no game awareness. That was awful to take all that time off the clock and take a sack on consecutive plays. Absolutely awful. That was that wasn't even lack of experience because if you played a quarterback at a high school and collegiate level, you know that this that was just bad football. That was just bad situational awareness. That was just bad decision making all around. Uh, yeah, just uh, just growing pains, not pleasant ones. Those those are the ones that should be avoidable uh, at this point. Being a, being a high draft pick, being the franchise, be the being our franchise, but the inexcusable mistakes even for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, well. Here's the thing, though. He's he's the rookie quarterback. That's the, that's the thing. I can I can certainly put some blame on him. But how much blame can we give? And I want to give a lot. But how much blame can we give the offensive coordinator or whoever's talking into his headset? Probably the offensive coordinator for not saying, "Listen, Zach, it's first down. We've got a timeout left." The only thing that's important here is preserving some time and getting points on the board, whether it's three or seven. It is not about being Superman. It is certainly not about holding the ball. It is not about running around and looking for an open receiver. You need one one Mississippi, two Mississippi, throw the ball away if there's nothing. We're in field goal range. Do not freaking take all that time. And then after he did that, so if you're stupid enough not to tell him that before the first down play, after that play, you say, listen, Zach. I should have told you this after first down, but get rid of the ball. Do not freaking, whatever you do, do not take another 10 seconds off the clock and absolutely do not take a sack. How much blame can we put on the on the coaching staff for not saying that to the kid? That's something I'd love to know myself. Like I said, I believe our offensive coordinator right now is in a slight state of panic himself and is kind of just trying to grasp everything and uh, have the game slow down for him as well. So he might be a little bit overwhelmed, which doesn't make for a best-case scenario when you're also calling plays for a rookie quarterback. But that's something we don't know. We can just guess uh, and assume. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just it hasn't been a pretty beginning. It hasn't been a beginning where... There's a lot of positives we can grab onto and build on. It's just been more of uh, these negatives uh, negatives we expected, but now they're kind of being repetitive, and the negatives are really starting to be points of valid concern. And uh, one, one more point off subject before I get to my big point that'll surprise everybody, but uh, Sam Donald. Anybody seen Sam Donald lately? Um, is Sam Donald still playing? I, I don't know. Sam Donald, something happened with Sam Donald. I haven't heard anybody talk about how we shouldn't have let him go. And then, uh, oh, yeah, he had a shitty game. No Kristen McCaffrey. Guy throws three interception, loses. What do you think about Sam Donald now, everybody? I want to hear from you. Sam Donald, everybody. Should we still have kept him? Because he may have been slightly better than Zach Wilson, but the Jets are probably still one and four with Sam Donald now and paying him a whole freaking boatload of money with, with no hope for a future. That's right, and uh, that's one thing that I'll hang my hat on. I said right away when everybody was dancing and parading how amazing Zach, uh, how amazing uh, Darnold is, and we should have never gotten rid of him for the first struggling rookie quarterback. 
And as soon as McCaffrey went down, all I said was, I'm not making predictions. All I'm saying is, now we're going to see the real Sam Darnold. If he succeeds, good for him. We're seeing the real Sam Darnold. All right, here's my... Now, Jet fans are going to get angry at me for this because, you know, this is the only thing in our history we have to hold our hats on, hang our hats on, but uh, fuck Joe Namath, okay? I'm sick of Joe Namath. I mean it. I'm totally sick of the guy. I, <laughs> I see posts all day long like... Oh, my like, God, I wasn't I can't believe that. the Jets look like this. I can't believe I'm wearing my Joe Namath jersey. Now... Can you not believe you're wearing a Joe Namath jersey because you the Jets are desecrating it or because you got excited about something? But what does Joe Namath from 1976, the last time he ever put on a uniform at all, and I think 75 with the Jets, what does he have to do with this team? Why is everything Joe Namath, Joe Namath, Joe Namath? I am sick and tired of Joe Namath. Fuck Joe Namath. And... Uh, enough with this guy already he hasn't done anything in years and he wasn't even that super great as a jet yeah he won that super bowl and i didn't see him play i can only listen to what some of the older guys say and he was the best this and the best that but okay it's 40 years ago why does this team hang on to the only positive thing in its history from 40 if they're doing the same thing with rex i shouldn't even say that i mean that 20 years from now i'm going to be saying fuck rex ryan i say that now but joe namath i am so sick of this team freaking of the fans of this team going crazy over Joe Namath. Screw Joe Namath. He's 45 years ago from the last time he did anything for this team other than freaking embarrass himself on national TV. All right, rant is over. Enough about Joe Namath. Let's do predictions. All right. I had Zach Wilson at 18 for 34 with 229 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. I don't know what his final stats were. Let me take a look and see. Hold Zach on, I'll Wilson. pull up the stats. Uh, yeah, I got them. I'm here. All right, Zach Wilson's actual stats were 19 for 32, so I wasn't so far off. Uh, 192. Okay. He must have done 100 of those in the fourth quarter because he didn't have 100, 100 yards in the, four, in the third. Uh, no TDs, one interception. So I was, I was okay on the passes and completions. I was terrible on everything else. You had Wilson at 18 for 27 with, excuse me, 240 yards, um, one touchdown, one interception. So you uh, had the completions almost perfect. You were off on how many times he would throw, and you had the interception correct. All right. Uh, you had I had Kenny Yaboa for fun. I do remember saying I was just throwing it out there for the hell of it. I don't think he even saw. I don't think he even saw the field. You had uh, you had Corey Davis, 85 yards on the TD. Davis had 45 yards and no TDs. And then the uh, obviously we'd have to go to our worst case scenario here. Your worst case scenario was Falcons 31, Jets 13. Mine was 34-16. So we were both we were both overestimated a little bit, although it looked like we could have been pretty close through a lot of that game. So um, that's it. We don't have a game to preview this week, Vort. What are we gonna do? I guess we take uh, we come back next week with a prediction, right? No reason to have a podcast later this week. Yeah, we'll give uh, we'll give all our fans a little break, and we'll be back next week with a prediction for the next looming loss. Do you happen to remember who's next on our schedule? Uh, the New England Patriots on the road. All right, this is going to be a tough prediction loss. Uh, yeah. no, you never know. Well, Let's it'll see. be we'll fun. See what we feel a rematch like of the rookie quarterbacks. Well, I will tell you this, and I will just go with the history. The Jets are absolutely abysmal coming off a bye so i'm probably going to be predicting a loss because the jets the jets if it's one thing the jets do they 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 value their history whether it's goddamn joe namath or doing the same things over and over the jets really are 
uh, are followers of their history. So I'm probably going to predict the loss, but I guess I got a week to figure it out. Looking forward to a week of brainstorming the possibilities, and I'll catch you for podcast number 51. Look out, 50 in the books. Let's fade out to some zebra head. Have a good one, guys.